Welcome to the Sicha this week in Project Lakut Pesiches. We're going to be learning Sicha on Vayishlach and Chelik Yud on page 109. The Parsha Seinu Mesuper Ashe Esav Lokach as Noshov Vayelach Aleretz Mepnei Yaakov Ochev. Towards the end of the Parsha this week, it talks about Esav and it tells us that Esav took his wife, his children, and everything he owned and he went to a different land because Yaakov was there. In the next pasuk it explains the reason. Their possessions were too much to be able to live together. And the land couldn't contain them because of all of their cattle. That the land couldn't contain them. And Rashi explains... The land did not have enough to provide the pasture, the food for the animals. Then Asher brings a second pshat, which the Rebbe will address in the next sif. But first the Rebbe will explain here the first pshat of Rashi. According to the Mepharshim, what Rashi is coming to clarify here is as follows. The Pasuk says the land couldn't contain them or couldn't hold them. Usually you talk about holding something or carrying something because of its heaviness. But that doesn't apply to a land. So how does the word loses come into this Pasuk? What's the interpretation of this word? The word loses here does not mean to hold, to contain, rather it means to provide, to support enough for the food for the animals. That there wasn't enough available for the needs of what they need, the food for the animals. That's the simple pshat of this Rashi that the Rebbe brings here from the Ra'om. However, this needs to be understood. Aleph. In If Rashi is here to explain these words, and he's translating that it means to provide enough food for the animals, so those are the words that Rashi should be quoting from the Pasik. And not the words which Rashi is not explaining at all. My Kamashmal on Rashi Bipirushe. What is Rashi letting me know here that I wouldn't know without his pshat? Self understood. When you're talking about a land, the word losses is not literally to carry, to hold. So the word losses means to provide, to support the enough amount that's needed for food for the animals. There you have the same expression where it talks about Avram and Light sharing the area there in the land. So Rashi explains the meaning of that there wasn't enough to provide for the food for the animals. And Rashi here explains this a second time. Why? Gimel, another question is, The Torah uses the term Mekneim, their livestock. And Rashi says they're animals. Why doesn't Rashi use the term that the Pasuk uses? 
You can't say that Rashi is translating the word Mekneim, that it means animals. The word Mekneim is mentioned many times before. Rashi never translates this word. Rashi himself uses this word. It's a word that has a simple translation. The Pasuk there does not use Mikneh. Rashi uses it because it's a common word. So here, the Titus says Mikneim, and Rashi changes and writes Behemus. Why? Another question is, What's not understood with the first and simple pshat that Rashi brings, and Rashi brings a second pshat. The second pshat Rashi himself says is a medrash. In Parshas Lech Lecha, where Rashi brings the pshat of very similar words, so there, Mestapik Rashi Ba Pirish, Rashi just brings the simple pshat, that there wasn't enough for the uh, animals. Rashi doesn't bring any other pshat. Why here does Rashi bring a second pshat? Now, let's see what the second pshat of Rashi is. Mamshech Rashi Bipirusha, Rashi continues, Medrish Agoda. In the Medrash it says, Mipnei Yaakov Achiv, he left because of Yaakov, his brother. Mipnei Shtar Choiv, Shal Gzeiras Kiger Yezaracha. There's a Shtar Choiv, there's a debt of a decree that the one that's going to inherit this land is going to have to be a stranger in a different place. Kiger Yezaracha was said to Avram Avinu that one of his descendants are going to inherit the land and he's going to have to be a stranger. So therefore, Esav said, Hamutul al This gzeda, and then to come and inherit the land, is going to be by one of the descendants of Yitzchak. So Omar, Esav says, I'm not interested in this gzeda, I'm not interested in this inheritance. Eilich mikan, let me leave from this place. I'm not interested in not the matana, to whom it was given to. And I don't want to have to pay this this chayv, uh, this gzeda, uh, decree, and that's uh, the reason why Esav left. And then Rashi adds, And also, Esav was embarrassed because of the fact that he sold his bechayda to Yaakov, so therefore he left out of embarrassment. So here as well, what Rashi says needs to be understood. Aleph, the first question is, You do Rashi tells us once and again the klal regarding his pirushim. Whatever Rashi brings is relevant for the pshat of the pasik and only something which can be fit into the words of the pasik. Rashi doesn't just bring medrashim and remazim. And over here in our case, the pshat of the Medrash is different than what it says in the Pasik. The Pasik tells us the reason why Esav left. Because there was too much cattle and they couldn't have, they didn't have enough food. And here Rashi brings a Medrash that gives a different reason. Esav wasn't interested in inheriting the land. He didn't want to have the Gzeda apply to him. And therefore he left. So how do we fit this with what it says in the simple pshat of the Pasik? Beis l'shoyne Rashi. Rashi's language. He left because he wasn't interested in the inheriting the land. 
And then Rashi adds, because he left out of embarrassment. Rashi does not bring this as a third reason. When he brings a new pshat, so he says, that it's another pshat. So this proves that this is not a second pshat. Rashi is adding another detail to the second pshat. So we have the question here. This is a totally new reason. As you see in the Medrash, it's brought as another pshat. That Esav left out of embarrassment. It's a different opinion, a different pshat. Rashi, however, brings these two reasons that Esav wasn't interested in inheriting the land and that he left out of embarrassment. Rashi brings them together. Why? So Rashi is not happy with one reason. He brings a second reason as well. So that seemingly makes it clear that one reason alone is not enough for Esau to leave. The main reason Esau left is because of the Shtar Choyv, because he didn't want to inherit the land, he didn't want Exeter. Rashi brings that reason first before he brings the reason of Esau's embarrassment. So we need to explain here. Why does this reason come first? That's the main reason why Esav left. But yet it's not enough of a reason for him to leave. And we need a second and additional reason because of the embarrassment that he left. So what's the pshat in this? Another question here is... The pshat that we're saying here, that he left because he didn't want to inherit the land, he didn't want Exeter. So why does Esau only leave at this point after Yaakov came back there at Yisrael, he returned from Choron? This Exeter, or this uh, promise of the Ebeshter Tavram, that one of his descendants will inherit the land, and there'll be Exeter, is known from a long time ago. And in fact, from the time of the birth of Yitzchak, the payment of this Gzeda begins. The time of the Gzeda of Kiger Yezaracha, which is 400 years, starts from the time when Yitzchak is born. So Esav is well aware of this from a long time ago. Why is it only now, when Yaakov comes back from Choron, that Esav leaves because he doesn't want to inherit the land? Hey, another question here is, As an introduction to the Pshat that Rashi brings from the Medrash, Rashi quotes from the Pasuk, These are words in the previous Pasuk. Why does Rashi quote this as an introduction to the Medrash? Vav, the sixth and last question. Quoting these words, is actually a contradiction to the Pshat that Rashi brings. The pshat that Rashi is quoting from the Medrash is that there's the promise that Hashem tells to Avram Avinu that your descendants will inherit the land and there'll be exeda, and this is the reason why Esau leaves. But when it says in the Pasuk, the Pasuk is saying that it's actually because of Yaakov that he left. That Yaakov was making him uncomfortable over here. Not because of the exeda of Kiger Yezaracha. 
So why would Rashi quote this part of the Pasuk as an introduction to a pshat that he's bringing that's different than the way it seems from these words? So the pshat in this Rashi here is as follows. So basically, I mean, what the Rebbe pointed out over here is that really this entire Rashi seems to be completely unnecessary. The pshat in the Pasuk is simple and self-understood. Needless to say that the medrash that Rashi brings is unnecessary because it's going against the pshat of the Pasuk. So what's the entire Rashi coming to answer? Because the explanation here is as follows. The Pasuk Pasuk before the one where Rashi is explaining that that Esau left. So what does it say before? And the Pasuk there spells out that he took his entire family. But then it also says his cattle, all his animals, all of his possessions that he acquired in the land. And he went to another land. And continuing with this, the Pasuk says right afterwards, why did he leave? Because of their possessions, that's the translation of Rechusham, all of their possessions, it was too much to handle in the same place, and therefore he left. So the simple pshat here would seem, this refers to everything that we spoke about before. Mekneyu, the cattle, the hentai, the animals, was called kinyon, So the Pasik here, when it talks about the fact that Esau left, is not only specifically focusing on the fact that, were, that there was all the possessions that were too much over here to be in this place. The simple shot again, the simple shot of the Pasik over here is that we're not only talking about the animals, that is, but we're actually talking about all the possessions. All of the possessions that they had were so much that it, the, the land couldn't handle it. We're not focusing specifically on the cattle, on the mire, on the food for the, for the behemoths. That's not the focus here. It's talking about rechushom, rochash, all of their possessions. Now, if that's the pshat, we would have to explain the posik, then the posik concludes and says that why did Esau leave? The land, that is, couldn't handle them because of Mekneim. What is Mekneim referring to? If we're going to say that Mekneim here is referring to their cattle, so then, how does this connect to what it says before this in the Pasuk, that we're talking about the fact that the land couldn't handle them because of all of their possessions? We're not talking specifically about the fact that there was not enough food for their cattle. So we would have to say, in the simple pshat of the Pasuk, should be Pashtos, over here, when the, in the end of the Pasuk, it talks about the cattle, it's not talking about cattle. It's a follow-up to what it says right before, that there were too many possessions, and therefore they couldn't live here together. And therefore, so when it says here that the land couldn't handle them. It's not only referring to the cattle that it speaks about in the previous Pasuk. And the Pasuk now is only focusing on their cattle, like the Pshat is in Parshus Lech Lecha. Kiyim rather. The word Mekneim here means everything that Esau had acquired, or everything that Esau and Yaakov had acquired, referring to all of their possessions. That's how we would translate the word Mekneim. Because the Pasuk before says, Ruchushom, It's talking about the fact that the land couldn't handle all of their possessions. And then it concludes saying that the land couldn't handle Mekneim. So what's the meaning of Mekneim? Simply, you would think it refers to all of their things that they acquired. 
So when they land here, when it says here in the Pasuk that the land couldn't handle everything they owned, the land did not have any space to handle everything that Yaakov and Esau had acquired, however they acquired it. And it wasn't a broad and open, beautiful place to live, similar to the way it's described before in this parsha as well, then you have an open, broad land to live. So the Pasuk over here is not specifically focusing on the cattle. It's Bechlau talking about the possessions, that they each had so many possessions that they acquired for themselves that the land couldn't handle them. That would be the simple flow of these two psukim. However, according to this pshat, there's a great question here in the Pasik, and this is the central question in the Pasik that Rashi will come to address. The land can't handle Yaakov and Esav being together. So that explains that they can't live together here. So if the land can't handle the two of them together, so who should be the one leaving? Why is it Ace of the one that picked himself up and left? Seemingly, you would think it should be the opposite. Eretz Kanan was the place where Ace of lived there for many years. And he took up residence there for many, many years before Yaakov came along, and he was that was his place. So if so, so why, when there's not enough place for them to live there, does Esau pick himself up and leave, and not Yaakov? Yaakov is the latecomer. Yaakov is the one that just arrived from Choron. So that's something that's not explained here in the Pasuk. The Pasuk tells us that they couldn't live together, and Esau picks himself up and leaves. Why Esau? Why not Yaakov? He said, and Mizu, the question goes even further, We don't see that Esau, that Yaakov, that is, made any effort to convince Esau to leave. The land couldn't handle them. Esau, on his own initiative, went and took his family and all of his possessions and left. So that's a pella. Why would Esau pick himself up and leave just because they can't live together after he's been living there for so many years? So Rashi brings from the Pasik these words that the land couldn't handle them. What is the Pasik here saying? That yes, this Pasik is not referring to all of their possessions, but it's referring to the fact that there wasn't enough for their cattle. When it says here that the land couldn't handle enough for Mekneim, what's the meaning of Mekneim? It actually is like in Parshas Lech Lecha. The Pshat here is, the Pasuk now is saying that the land did not enough have enough for their animals. That's what Rashi is letting us know. So therefore Rashi says, Behemus, the animals. Rashi does not say Meknayim. Because Rashi wants to negate the pshat that we would have thought that Mikneim actually means all of the possessions that they acquired. As the Rebbe pointed out before, that would, that's what would seem the simple flow of the Pasuk. We're talking about all of their rechush, all of their possessions. 
And Rashi here is letting you know that no, that's not the pshat. That in fact, McName over here does mean, like it says in Parshas Lechlecha, that the land did not have enough food for their cattle. Now, why does Rashi say that this is the pshat and the Pasik, even though it doesn't seem to flow with the fact that the Pasik speaks about all of their possessions? Shall Pizem move on, Shahoya le Yaakov, Adifus al Esau, Shemishumze, Halachezov of Neyakov. It's this, it's the fact that there wasn't enough food for the cattle, that's the reason why Yaakov stays and Esau leaves, as the Rebbe will explain now. So this explains over here the simple pshat and what Rashi is trying to do here. The main point that Rashi is coming to clarify in his Rashi over here. As the Rebbe will say in the first shot and the second shot, is to explain the fact that Tafke Esau left and not Yaakov. Vahabir, so according to the first shot, what is the reason why Esau leaves and not Yaakov? The Parshas Vayetzim is super barucha. In Parshas Vayetzim it says, the Yaakov Rochash Mispa Otsum Shaltsain Umikne Bebeis Lovan. That Yaakov had acquired a tremendous amount of sheep and cattle in the house of Lovan. He had a tremendous amount of sheep. That it would multiply more than all the other sheep. So Esau, so Yaakov, that is, had a tremendous amount of cattle. Esau was involved in all kinds of things out in the field, working in the field. We don't find anywhere that Esau had specifically a focus on owning a lot of cattle. Yaakov arrives to Eretz Canaan with all of his cattle. So now Yaakov occupied the land with all of his cattle and he took up the territory with all of his cattle that were using all the food in the area. When it became clear that they can't live together, that it should be enough mira, enough place for all the animals. So Esau realized that Yaakov is the one that's using the land there for his cattle, and he the food for the calf for the cattle is being used by Yaakov much more. So therefore, Rashi says that what the pasuk here is saying is the main reason Esau left. In what area, for what reason, would Yaakov have more of an advantage to stay here? And Esau decided to let Yaakov have what he needs here and to pick himself up and leave. Where was Yaakov more than Esau need, need, needed this territory? It's with the Behemoths. This explains why Esau left and Yaakov stayed. Yaakov needed the land for all of the food that he had available for his animals here. Esau didn't need, did not need the land for his food, for his animals as much. He was ish uh, soda. He didn't need it for his animals. So therefore he left it for Yaakov to be able to use for himself and he went to a different place. But if it would be just about all of the possessions, then there would be no reason for Yaakov and Esau. Between the two of them, there would be no reason for Esau to leave more than Yaakov. But since we're talking specifically about the cattle, so Esau came to the realization that Yaakov needs this place more, so he left it for his brother Yaakov. Omnam, move on, so the Rebbe now says, however, it's understood, Rashi can't just stay with the first pshat. To explain the reason why Esau leaves, it's a very big deichik to say, that Hanhoges Esav lonad mimikayma im kolashaloi. That Esav picks himself up and goes away with all of his possessions. B'pnei Yosef et Tzedek. 
because he's such a nice person, because he's such a righteous and good person that he sees that Yaakov needs this land for his animals more than him. So, so therefore he decides, oh, sorry, I can just go to a different land. After all these years living here, Esau is so righteous and he lifts him, he just picks himself up and takes all of his things and goes away. Yaakov entered into his territory. Esau was living there for many years before Yaakov came back with all of his family from Chorah. Gam, another point is, the Pirish Zeh, according to the first shot of Rashi, ain't a move on, it's not understood, my kamashvul on Tevis Ochiv. The word Ochiv in the Pasig is extra. He left the land because of Yaakov. Why does it have to say that Yaakov is his brother? Rashi. So therefore Rashi brings a second shot. That Esau left because of the Shtar Chayv, because he didn't want to inherit the land, he didn't want to experience the Gzeda of being a foreigner in a different country, and also because of embarrassment. This explains why it's Esau the one that left, and not Yaakov. Esau had reasons to leave. When things developed and the land couldn't handle both of them, so now one of them has to leave. So out of the two of them, who's the one that decided to leave? Esau, not because he was such a nice guy, but because he anyways had had reasons to leave. So move on. So now we can understand the Hamavua b'Medrash. The reasons that it gives in the Medrash for Esav leaving, is not at all a contradiction to the simple pshat of the pasuk that Esav leaves because of all of his of all of the possessions and there was too much uh, for for them to be together. The pasuk gives the reason why one of them had to leave. And as the Pasik says, They couldn't live together there. So the Pasik gives a reason why they couldn't be together. The Medrash explains another detail. So between the two of them, why is it Esau that left and not Yaakov? And the reason is because Esau anyways had reasons why he eventually wanted to leave. So Rashi brings the words of the Pasik before he brings the Medrash. Rashi, Rashi, what he's emphasizing here is the reasons that Rashi quotes here from the Medrash it's only coming to explain this detail. Why is it that Esau left and not Yaakov? In general, the reason why someone had to leave, that the Pasuk tells you, because they couldn't handle both of them together. But why between the two of them is it Esau that left Nutnei Yaakov Achiv? That has what we see here in this Medrash. Rashi might gam tevas Achiv, and Rashi also brings the word Achiv, Lerames, Shalyidei Pirizeh, because that hints to the fact that it's only in the second shot, Shtar Chayv, that there's a Shtar Chayv that has to be fulfilled by one of the descendants of Avram, one of the children of Yitzchak, either Aesov or his brother Yaakov, we understand why the Pasuk here is emphasizing the fact that they were brothers. Because it's between these two brothers, someone has to fulfill the Shtar Chayv and also the embarrassment that he sold the Bechayra, which is hinted by the fact that the Torah says that they were brothers. 
שצריך לומר שרק דרך אגב מייסף אחיו. What it says earlier in the Pesach, that the land couldn't handle the two together, so the fact that it says Achiv is really not necessary here. It's, it, any, any two people that have so many possessions, the Pesach, uh, the, the land wouldn't be able to handle them. It's not necessary to write Achiv. Achiv is hinting to the Pshat of the Medrash. So this explains how the Pshat of the Medrash is not at all a contradiction to what it says in the Pesach. There are two different things that we're explaining here. We're explaining the fact that it couldn't handle both of them together. So someone has to leave. But then we're explaining why Esau specifically left and not Yaakov. This will explain, so why did Esau not leave a long time before and he only leaves right now? It's the Pasik that says clearly, What's the reason why this happened? Why Esav leaves? Is this only at that point which one of them was forced to leave? At this point is sort of where you have a fork in the road and you see who is the one that's going to end up inheriting the land and who will not. It's only at this point when someone is forced out where, where you see that change. Adas, up until this point, it's still not clear and decisive to us. Who's the one that's going to pay this star? Meaning, who's going to have to experience this gzeda? Or maybe it'll be fulfilled by both of them. Because even if you're living in the land, it doesn't mean that you're living there now, that in the future your descendants will inherit the land and that your descendants are going to uh, go to Mitzrayim and be in a strange land. They're living there because they grew up there with their father. So the fact that Esau was living here till now, that doesn't mean that he's going to continue living there and his descendants will continue living there. And the same with Yaakov. It wasn't clear at this point. When it gets to the point that they can't anymore live together like they were living till now in their father's house and sharing the area together. They're too much to handle to live together. And someone has to make that decision to leave. So now they come to that fork in the road where they have to make the decision who's going to be the one to leave. The one that stays, he clarifies his decision, his decision, that he's ready to stay. He's the Gzeir that applies to him and his descendants will inherit the land. Therefore, Rashi explains the land couldn't handle them. So at this point, they can't just continue living there like they did when they grew up in their father's house. Now they have to make a decision. Do I want to live here? Do I want to stay here for my descendants? So as I, Esav Oma, Esav makes now the decision, I'm not interested in staying here, I'm not interested in inheriting this land, and I'm not interested in the Gzeda either. So yes, he was living there till now, and till now there was no reason for Esav to pick himself up to leave. He knew that there's, that there's the Shtar Chayiv, and eventually someone will have to leave, but until then he was living comfortably like he was living in his father's house, he grew up there and he stayed there. It gets to the point that someone has to leave, so now a decision has to be made, so Yaakov decides to stay, and Esau decides to leave. Hello. So now the Rebbe will explain why Rashi has to add the idea that Esau left out of his embarrassment. The fact that Esau left because in the future he didn't want to inherit this land. 
but it still is not enough. Yes, Esav did not want to have any to, anything to do with this Shtar Chayv, with the inheritance of the land. Right now, what forces him out is the fact that Yaakov arrived. That he, it's, it's a tremendous embarrassment. The fact is that what is it right now that's causing him to leave? What's forcing him out? The fact that Yaakov, his brother, his younger brother, after many years of him living, it comes to Eretz Yisrael, and the land can't handle both of them living together, and now Esau is forced out. So true, Esau made that decision that he's not interested, but the fact is, isn't this a tremendous embarrassment for Esau to be forced out? How would Esau do this? He can't live here together and he has to leave because of Yaakov. So how does Esau handle such embarrassment and subdue himself to Yaakov to leave? So therefore Rashi adds another detail. And this is not a third pshat. In the Medrash, it's brought as another pshat for why he left because of his brother Yaakov. It's two, in the Medrash, it's quoted as two different pshatim. You left because of the shtarchayv. Or another pshat, you left because of embarrassment. When Rashi brings this idea that he left because of embarrassment, he's not coming to explain why it's Esau that left and not Yaakov. In the Pshat of the Pasik, this is not the reason, the bush is not the reason that he left. The first reason that we brought is not enough, and therefore Rashi has to bring another detail over here to explain this. But this is not a reason for itself. And what's the reason Rashi brings? That the reason why Yaakov leaves is out of embarrassment, meaning, Esav being there, together with Yaakov, was always mixed in with some kind of embarrassment. The fact that this is the individual, this is his brother, his younger brother, that he gave him, he sold him, the Bukhaira. So Yaakov being there and Esau together in his presence always brought an embarrassment to Esau. So the fact that he leaves, even though it seems pretty embarrassing that he's subduing himself to his brother and he's leaving, he's being forced out because of his brother, and it's an embarrassment that he's being pushed out because of his brother, but on the other hand, staying there was also an embarrassment for him. So therefore he left. But on the other hand, just the embarrassment. This alone is not a reason for itself, that Ezev would leave just because of this embarrassment. Rashi brings this just as an addition, as a second reason. The main reason he leaves is because for the future, looking in the bigger picture, Esau made the decision, I'm not interested in inheriting this land, I don't want it for my children, for my descendants. That was the main reason he left. The reason why Hakar Esau bring himself to take such a step to leave, even though it's a tremendous embarrassment, because being there was also an embarrassment to some extent. So therefore, Esau decided, you know what? It's a good opportunity to just pick myself up and leave. 
So we understand from everything that it says over here that the main issue that Rashi is coming to address with his pshat here and the Pasik is, is not the simple pshat where the Pasik explains that they couldn't live together because there wasn't enough space for them. That it says in the Pasik. But the main point over here is, if it can't handle the two of them, why is it Esau that it leaves and not Yaakov? And it's actually surprising. Esau lived there for much longer. This was his place. Yaakov was a latecomer. And why is it Esau that is all of a sudden the nice guy that decides to leave? So therefore, Rashi explains a different Purushim, as the Rebbe explained this over here. The first shot, actually, according to the first shot, it does come out that Esau was a nice guy, and he decided that Yaakov needs the land more than me, so he left it for him. But in the second shot, Rashi explains that Esau made the calculation that for the future, I don't want this land as an inheritance for my descendants anyways, and it's an embarrassment for me to be here as it is, so therefore Esau decides to leave and not Yaakov. Omnam l'chayra adayin sarach bir. There's still one detail that needs to be clarified. This decree that the, your descendants of Avram will become a stranger in a foreign land, which will happen to one of the descendants of Yitzchak, that they will become a stranger in a land that's not theirs. This doesn't refer specifically or not necessarily Eretz Mitzrayim. Rashi there says this, doesn't clearly say that they're going to become strangers, foreigners in Eretz Mitzrayim. They're going to wander to a different land, to a country that's not theirs. If so, this itself that Esau moves away from the land and he goes to Har Seir, can't this itself be Esau now actually fulfilling this Shtar by leaving to go to Edom where he went, to Har Seir, and then he'll come back later in the future. Maybe this is the actual fulfillment of the Shtar Chayv by Esau and by his descendants. So his step of leaving is not necessarily at all showing that he's not interested in being part of this Shtar Chayv. But the answer here is, The Gzeda is that one of the descendants of Yitzchak is going to leave the country and go to a different country and be there as a foreigner. You're going to be there as a foreigner and never settle there fully. Esau was not interested in being part of this because he didn't want to have to wander into a different country and live there like a foreigner. When Esau moved to Harseyer, Esau lives there and settles there. He settles there comfortably. Esau was not interested in the Gzeda of Golos and then to come and back and inherit the land in Eretz Yisrael. He wanted to be there and settle there in his Golos, settle there in Harsei where he was. You want to settle in the Golos where you are? You can't come back to Eretz Yisrael. So that's how we know that Esau's choice to leave Eretz Yisrael and go to Harsei was not a choice to be a Ger, it was a choice to leave the land altogether. This last point is an important lesson for everybody wherever they are in the time of Golis. As long as we are still in Golis, we're in Golis paying up this Shtar Chayv, which ultimately extends even now when we're in the time of Golis. Until the arrival of Mashiach, when Mashiach will finally gather all the Yidin back into Eretz Yisrael, a person has to know and feel, 
Shehuger be'eretz loy loy. You're in a golos. You're in a place. You're a foreigner here. This is not your land. Shelo yisiyashiv chas v'sholim b'zman v'seidar agolos. Do not become comfortable and settle, God forbid, in a place of golos where you take up a new residence and this becomes your new country. You always have to remain a stranger and a foreigner to all of the exile things that are in this land that you live in. Avol, on the other hand, the Rebbe points out, You do have to be settled and very strong in your commitment to fulfilling Taito Mitzvahs, which are in Yoni Yanishama, the matters of Yonishama. Yonishama has never gone into Golos. But as far as your guf is concerned, as far as your physical life is concerned, a yid has to always remember, I'm in Golos, and this is not a place that I can settle in fully. The Yechake and a person, a yid, should always await every moment, to the ultimate redemption,